0: Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. and this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Happy Monday, Beth. Oh, happy Monday. I'm like trying to silently move my microphone a little bit. I'm sorry if that banged.
1: <laughs> I was like, you can hear every little thing on these things, so <laughs> I know <laughs>
0: <another> I <big> <laughs> just needed to adjust it a minute. Yeah. How's
1: it going? It's going well. It's going well. I hear we have another patreon.
0: We do, Dana L. Thank you so much for joining our closet. Welcome in. Yes, welcome. We appreciate your support, as we always. We do. We've got some nice reviews that we've got coming in, which has been really nice. Some YouTube subscribers. Hmm. So that's super nice.
1: Yeah, well, good. You have to subscribe to YouTube because we are going live in a couple weeks. Yes, we on are. On the
0: 29th. Yes. woo At 8 o'clock. Eastern Standard, yes. Seven o'clock Central. What is that Pacific? Six, I think. Five, or is it three hours? Three oh, hours Pacific. Five. Oh, that's early. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Wednesday night, so you're gonna have to like happy hour early <laughs> with us yeah, yeah. if you're over, yeah, exactly. if you're West Coast.
1: Wine Wednesday, seven p.m. or whatever Central Time. All the other times. That we yeah. just mentioned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Third anniversary. So, yep. You're we're going to watch us do some cases there. and record an actual episode and you guys get to see it. And you can comment, Ooh. like type in a little comment or a question and we'll try to get to those. So it'll be probably longer than our normal like 40 minute, 40, 45 mm-hmm. minute thing. So, but it'll be fun. Yes, it will be. And we'll be giving away some merch. That's right. So we hope you guys someone. can celebrate with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Monday, something mm-hmm. happened to me and I've been waiting to tell you about this because it was a whole thing. So, so my kids ride the bus to a central located bus stop. So it's not okay. like it doesn't drop them off in our neighborhood or at my house or at the end of the street or whatever. I have to drive like five minutes to mm-hmm. get them from the bus stop and park and then drive home. So, on this day, Monday, <laughs> my husband decided that he was going to wash my car for me, which is so nice, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, he washes the car and then he said to me, Oh, it's going to be so nice for you to pick the kids up today because the car is so clean and it's so nice outside. And you can roll the windows down and, you know, sing your songs or whatever. And he's like, It's just going to be so nice for you. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> thank you. You know, he was just proud of himself that he washed the car. So I drive to the bus stop. I do, in fact, roll my windows down and sing Taylor Swift. And I get there and I go to get out of the car because I get out of the car and stand because I don't want to sit in my car. And my running boards in my car, it's like you put butter on them or something. I slipped on the running board and busted my butt. Literally, my butt landed. Oh. On the concrete, in the parking lot, at the bus stop, in front of all of these people, all of these other <laughs> parents were also standing out of their car. And I felt so stinking hard. And they're like coming over to me, and like the guy right beside me rolled his window down is like, Ma'am, you okay? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Why is it so slippery? So I, I have a humongous bruise like at the top, mm-hmm. at the base of my spine, right at the top of my butt, I have a oh bruise. It's like purple, big softball size bruise. So I get back in the car and I'm like, I call Wes. I was so mad. <laughs> okay. Thanks for washing my car, you jerk. <laughs> I was, But I'm also laughing, right? right? And so I get back in the car and I shut the door and I call, I'm like, Wes, Oh, my God, I just fell. (laughs) He's like, what? I'm like, those running boards were so slippery. I freaking fell, dude. (laughs) And so then I'm driving home and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, why was he so insistent that I drive my car? Because like sometimes I'll take his car. But he was like, you'll have such a good time driving your car. I'm like, are you trying to what was this about? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So I'm thinking about this on the way home. And when I get home, I pulled in and my neighbor was outside and I was telling my neighbor about it. And she was like, man, it's almost like you planned that. I was like, see, I'm not the only one. And So Wes comes walking outside. and She's like, I hear you tried to murder your wife today. (laughs) He's like, "Um, most people would be like, thanks for washing my car, honey, but not my wife. (laughs) My wife's like. I see you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glad you didn't, like,
1: bonk your head when you, like, slid off.
0: Yeah, it was – my phone went flying. Like, it was not a low-key fall. (laughs) Right. You (laughs) couldn't just play it off and be like, nothing happened. No, I just tripped. (laughs) Like, no. I was, like, laid out. (laughs) my (laughs) gosh. It hurts, too. Like, my because where it's, like, where it is on my back, the bruise, it's, like, that one part Mm -hmm. of your back that kind of sticks out a little bit. So every time I'm, like, sitting in the car or whatever, it's, like, kind of lightly touching it, and it's sore.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Gross. Sorry.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's what happened to me. Well, I'm glad
1: Wes wasn't actually trying to murder you. She well, you know what? I the
0: survey's it's still out on him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm still side eyeing him a little bit because it was weird.
1: Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, be
0: careful then. Yeah. <laughs> he did fix it immediately. Like, as soon as I got home, he was like, help the kids out of the car. Don't let them fall. Make sure you care about the kids. Like, mm. didn't even think about that <laughs> when you greased my running board, did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my god. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, geez. I'm glad you're okay. Um, Thanks. You'll heal up i'm sure yes
0: (laughs) emotional trauma that's all
1: yeah it's just emotional trauma um i do have uh quite a doozy of a case for you if you
0: are wanting to hear one i definitely am okay well hold on to your pants (laughs) okay So, yeah. the case that I have for you today
1: is quite a bit different than the norm. Oh, no. It was suggested by our friend Kristen over on Instagram, and it takes place in her home state.
0: Okay. Hello, Kristen.
1: Hello, What's Kristen. Home state? We are going to Ohio.
0: Ohio <laughs> is my neighbor where I grew up.
1: Yes. Well, it's my neighbor now.
0: Uh, oh, I like that.
1: <laughs> I think. Is it. Is there something in between us? I don't, know. No, I don't think so. Anyways, it's seven hours. It's a seven-hour drive to where we're going today. Okay. You looked it up. Got it. Cool. Oh, I looked it up because my, I want to go there. Oh. Um, it has the case, case, I guess. It has Watcher, the Watcher kind of vibes. Oh, okay. Like the show, you yes. know. Yeah. The house. Yeah, we talked yes. about that over on the Patreon. Exactly. Um, we are going to a small town in Pickaway County, Ohio, called Circleville. Mm -hmm. we are going to discuss the Circleville letters for those of you who already kind of have an idea of what I'm talking about. Okay. There's probably a bunch of people, but I don't know. I never, oh, well, see, so I never paid much attention to it because I just mentioned to you you that a couple months ago, Emery and I were watching Dateline because we randomly watch it when we have like nothing else. We're like, oh, let's just throw in a Dateline. And this one came on, this Dateline episode came on, and I remember just being like doing something else and not really paying attention and kind of – it didn't draw me in. You were in, texting but, me. Probably.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Highly likely. Yes. Or I was playing cribbage with Emery. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So anyway. Also, so, also could have happened. Yeah. So it, it didn't like pull me in where I had to like really pay em- a- attention, but now that I've actually looked at it, It's actually kind of very intriguing and interesting. So Okay. Well, I'm intrigued. Okay. So Circleville is a very small town. It's a population of 14,000 people, and it's about 30 miles south of Columbus. Okay. Where people might know. The biggest thing they are known for is their annual pumpkin show, which – I think i may have to attend this year it's october 18th through the 21st so let me know if you and little miss would like to come and join me little okay. miss being my know, daughter your daughter for a long weekend because it's all things pumpkin so she and i oh. can get our fill of pumpkin spice latte. Well, <laughs> you, you can just take her <laughs> okay <laughs> um they have pumpkin contests like Biggest pumpkin, like 2022's winner was 1,837 and a half pounds.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. That is
1: a big pumpkin. It is a big pumpkin. And there's much Take A lot of um, lattes out of that pumpkin. <laughs> exactly. There's a little uh, Miss Pumpkin Show where it's kind of like a, you know, Miss whatever the state, but it's not really, I don't think it's the state winner, but a Miss Pumpkin Show and a little Miss Pumpkin Show. Okay. Um, Their water towers even pu- painted as a pumpkin. So this is cute. Just known. I And I just feel like if you look, they, they have a whole website devoted to this like pumpkin show. So it's, it looks actually like a lot of fun. And I'm like, that would be a fun weekend. Like something yeah. to go into and just experience. So anyway, I'm not kidding. Do you want to go? <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so, okay. Anyways, it's not always sunshine and pumpkins for Circle Bill though. <laughs> so <laughs> around 1976 or 1977, it's kind of like – debated when this started, the residents of Circleville started receiving anonymous letters. Most of them were letters that would threaten to reveal some sort of secret that they knew Ooh. about you. How this person knew all these secrets? I don't know. They'd go out to businesses, schools, even sent to the sheriff's office, just and just in general, residents, like individuals around the town. The biggest of which came in early 1977 to Mary Gillespie. Mary was married to Ron, her high school sweetheart, and the two had decided to settle in Circleville, where they had two children. And I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure they were either from Circleville and they just stayed or like somewhere like pretty close by. Okay. They stayed local. It's from what I can tell. Okay. Mary received a letter accusing her of having an affair with the Superintendent of Schools, Gordon Massey, who was also married with a son. okay, did she? Well, she says no, okay, of course she sure. <laughs> <laughs> got it well, we we're gonna we're gonna get to more it, it, it'll be in, that question will kind of be answered later, oh, okay. so um, she's a bus driver, okay, in the town, so she's a bus driver having apparently an affair with Gordon with Massey. the school superintendent
0: yes okay
1: it is stated in this letter stay away from Mr. Massey don't lie when questioned about knowing him I know where you live I've been observing your house and know you have children this is no joke please take it seriously everyone concerned has been notified and everything will be over soon Ooh.
0: this is so watcher yes exactly
1: huh mm-hmm. <clears throat> it actually makes me like maybe they took bits of this because yes. the washer was like only one letter was in the real thing but this right. like literally continued letters so i don't know but it's very interesting these letters had been written in a very distinctive like big block letters pretty much almost always like capital letters and they're just like big and chunky blocks okay Mary received more than one, and at first she had decided that she was going to keep them to herself. Even though she says that they weren't having an affair, she just was like, if I ignore them, maybe they'll go away. I don't know who this person is, so I'm not going to – I know. That's a little that's sketchy suspicious. to me. Don't but- be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Doesn't ever bode well. Uh, so, but And this is why. This is a few months later, her husband, Ron, receives a letter.
0: Because basically,
1: Uh Mary was doing nothing about it. So they were like, let's move on and let Ron know what's going on. So this informed him that Mary was having an affair. And they suggested that he catch both of them together and kill them both. Oh. Now, why would you assume Ron is a murderer? And well, and according to everybody that Ron knows and knows Ron, he is like the nicest person in the world and the sweetest man and probably wouldn't do that. So... Anyway, so Ron confronts Mary, and so then she tells Ron that she doesn't know what this person's talking about and that it's not true. She's not having an affair, and then she informs him of the letters that she had gotten as well. Soon, I think a couple weeks later, Ron gets a letter warning him that uh, it's been a couple weeks. You haven't done anything, and you need to, or you might be killed himself. so.
0: So he's saying kill them. Or I'm Mm going to kill you or the letter writer would say. Yeah. Expose or even just expose them or whatever. Like do
1: something about this. Get them to stop essentially. So then the letters started threatening their kids as well. Soon signs started going up all around town and they would be like derogatory to Mary and the kids. I don't know exactly what they were saying, but they just would go up along her bus route essentially. This is crazy. It is. It got so bad that Ron would go out early in the morning to take all the signs down so that the kids wouldn't see them. Oh my
0: gosh. Wow. Yeah. It was bad. It's really affecting their lives. It was. It was. So they do end up going to the police because they're like,
1: okay, this is out of control. I don't know what's, I don't, and you know what? It's funny because I don't know at this point if they knew that other people were getting them and if other people were like reporting that they were getting letters because. So many, I mean, hundreds. In the end, thousands of letters went out. Okay, this wait, all was, about Mary? No, or
0: threatening. Letters. They would okay, be okay.
1: threatening everyone, like oh. whoever. I mean, it, thousands of letters went out over a period of almost twenty years. This oh went my on. Gosh. So I, when they went to the cops, I don't know if somebody else had already like said, "Hey, we're getting these letters. Like, what's going on?" If I, I don't know who else reported the letters, okay. but clearly they knew other people were getting them. So, okay. They go to the police and the police take it very seriously and they start tapping phones, watching houses, and even worked with the United States Postal Service to try and figure out who's sending them. Because most of the letters were postmarked from Columbus, which
0: was 30 miles away. Okay. But why are they tapping phones? Like whose phone? Well, the I think they would kind of start –
1: Possibly them, it didn't really state exactly who, but probably, yes, people that were maybe known for getting letters and watching their houses to see if somebody like putting it in their mailbox or mm-hmm. whatever or are they calling them too, or maybe there was just some sketchy people in town that they were like, "Well, let's just check these okay. out and see like it could it be them? I think it's always probably a little bit of both, okay. At one point, Ron and Mary confided in a few people about what was going on. So they had told the police, but they weren't really talking about it to other people. Mm-hmm. They told Ron's sister and her husband, Karen Sue and Paul Freshour. And Paul's sister. I can't remember her name. Sorry. And I was just like, it's not important. So I'm not going back to figure it out. <laughs> one night they were talking about it and Mary had suspicions that the letters were coming from a man named David Longberry. Okay. He is a fellow bus driver with her, who had hit on her, and she had rejected him, so she felt like maybe he was a little bit upset and, like, taking revenge out on her. Okay. Okay. It's a little far out there, but eh, not totally out of the realm of possibilities. The group decided that they were going to write their own letters to the letter writer, basically calling them out, like, we know who you are, we know what you're doing, stop. So they were writing letters, apparently, to this David Longberry. Okay. Okay. They sent like four letters out, and they weren't super – threat. like they weren't threatening. They weren't threatening violence or anything. They were just like, we know what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. This seemed to work for a short time because the letters stopped, but then they started again. So at first they thought, oh, we know who it is. We were right because he stopped doing it, but then they started again. Then in August of 1977, just really like months after Mary and Ron had gotten their letters, Mary went on a road trip to Florida with Karen Sue. And on the night that they left, ran, ran. Ron got a phone mm-hmm. call. <laughs> no one knows what was said in this phone call. But when Ron got off, he was kind of agitated and he told the kids that it was the letter writer and he was going out to confront him,
0: that, okay. that he
1: had like recognized the voice on the other end of the line and confirmed who it was. And he was going to go take care of this.
0: All right.
1: So he jumps in his car. And not far from his house, he's driving fast and loses co- control of her car and crash it his car and crashes into a tree, and he dies stop it mm-hmm. yeah, so this is the only death in this case, and this is debatable as to whether it was a murder or an accident, and we're going to oh. dive into
0: oh. <laughs> You just really just got into his teeth. some popcorn. <laughs> so,
1: when he was found, investigators found a twenty-two caliber revolver under his body. And they also determined that at some point between his house and where he crashed, the gun had been shot once. Okay. But not like he didn't have any gunshots. So, it's not like it went off like when he crashed and he shot himself or whatever. I mean, I guess that's possible. But… They didn't find any casings or anything like that. And they assumed that he was shooting at the alleged letter writer. Like, and this is why he was driving so fast, because he was, like, chasing this person or something. But no one truly knows what happened. They don't. But because of this stuff, the sheriff at first thought that foul play was involved in this crash, and he didn't think it was an accident. Okay. However... When the coroner's report came back, it was discovered that Ron had one and a half times the legal limit of alcohol in his system. And so then they ruled that the death an accident because they were like, well, he was out of control. Now he just slammed into this tree. The only problem with this is that everyone that knew Ron would say he was not a heavy drinker at all. Like there would be pretty much zero chance that he would have that much alcohol in his system.
0: Well – So that, but he did. (laughs) Right, he did. But I
1: think maybe some people might be saying, like, did somebody, like, I don't know, give it to him, or I don't know, I don't know how they're explaining. But they're everyone is suspicious, and even the kids said that he they didn't think he had been even drinking that night. So it was just very, very overall just very confusing as to why he had that high of a limit when Mm -hmm. he wasn't believed to be drinking that night, and in general it doesn't drink that much. Right. Okay. Know. So it was just kind of suspicious. This is but a stressful time for Ron, though. It
0: is. It is.
1: It is. You're is. Tr- you're you're right. You're right. But yeah. I mean, there's lots of stuff going on. People are watching him. They're saying his wife's having an affair. I'm sure he doesn't know whether yeah. he should believe it or Things not. Threatened. It, threatened. Yeah. And- yeah. So, but anyway, because of all that, they say it's an accident, and they rule it an accident and whatnot. Well, Paul Freshour, his brother-in-law, keeps trying to push police to open it up again because he believes that this was a murder and not just an accident. After all the after all, all the letters did threaten his life at some point, and police did question someone about it. There was apparently a person of interest, but this person passed the polygraph and I believe had an alibi and this person is never named. Okay. But some people believe it to be David Longberry.
0: That huh okay rather, but
1: it's not known at all. So anyway, at some point after Ron dies, Mm -hmm. Mary ends up admitting to having a relationship with Gordon Massey. However, she insists it did not start until after Ron had died and for sure, I think until after Ron had died. It may have been before, but for sure she said it didn't start until after the letters started. So she didn't know why they would have written this in the letters. But there's a lot of people that question her timeline on things. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Me. Anyway, she's very, very beautiful, I, by the way, the pictures that I Oh, remember. that's good. <laughs> Not that that matters, but <laughs> anyways, <laughs> her, her face just picked, like popped up in my head when I said all that stuff. So. Anyways. Mm. So the letters terrorized the residents of Circleville, like I said, for almost 20 years. Over time, the letters got worse, and the writer would even threaten Mary's daughter. They would say things like, "It's time for your daughter to pay for what you have
0: done." Is, is where's where's um, Gordon's wife? Are we looking at Gordon's wife because she has a motive to be po'd at Mary? She does, and honestly, no, it's never mentioned. The, like literally,
1: the only thing that's ever mentioned is that Gordon Massey is the one she's accused of having an affair with, and that she's he's married and has a son. Okay,
0: I think we need so, to look at Mrs. Gordon.
1: <laughs> right. Well, it, that is a possibility. I mean, they end up, I believe, getting divorced in the end, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I didn't really dive into that part. But um, well, it's not it's not out there. So but yeah, they, she huh. would be a good person to look up. So on February 7th, 1983. So this is like several years down the road. Mary's driving along her bus route and in an empty bus. And she notices a sign along the side of the road, and the sign is very derogatory towards her daughter, basically stating that Gordon Massey has been intimate with her thirteen-year-old daughter.
0: Oh my! Daughter. God, why, why are we bringing the kids into it now? Come on, that's just I know, nasty. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. She pulls her bus off the
1: road and to like get out of the bus and like rip this sign down. Yeah. As she's ripping it down, she realizes there's like a piece of twine attached to it, and so she and and is like pulling out. So she kind of follows the twine, and it's attached to a box. So she takes the whole box down with the sign, and the sign is written in those same like boxy letters that those little letters were written in. So she brings the sign and box into her bus, and she opens the box, and inside it is a 25 caliber gun rigged to shoot. As she's pulling the sign down, basically, if she had pulled that twine, it was supposed to shoot her. Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah, right. This, this, so, this per letter writer is now a booby trapper. I exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes, they are.
1: So she immediately takes it to police, and the Bureau of Criminal Investigation is able to take the gun. And even though someone attempted to file the serial number off, they didn't do a very good job. And there was enough residual to piece together a number. And they found out that the owner of the gun was someone who happened to be a co-worker of Paul Freshour. The brother-in-law. The brother-in-law. So when they questioned him, he states that he had sold the gun to Paul months earlier. Okay. So now... This was a shocker to find out that Paul was the owner of the gun that was meant to kill his sister-in-law. So they go out and they find Karen Sue and they start talking to her and she tells police. Karen Sue is the wife? Is the wife. wife. Okay. It's Paul's wife and Ron's sister. Okay. Okay. So she tells police that Paul had become so angry with Mary over her affair with Gordon and actually hated her. And that she had found a similar letter to what had been been sent out, ripped up in the garbage of their bathroom, and also had found several other letters hidden around the house over the years. However, Karen Sue,
0: Karen Sue never took that to police. She yeah, just like why, it. what? What do we? Why? What are we doing, Karen Sue? Okay. So police brings see something, say something. See something,
1: say something. Karen Sue. <laughs> police bring paul in to question him and he's very cooperative totally says yep i own that gun it's been missing for weeks i hadn't really thought about it until now when you found it and they also ask him for a handwriting sample and so they give him like an envelope from one of the letters and is like copy that down like copy it exactly the way you see it then they give him a letter and say copy this exactly yeah, how you but see you it can
0: fake handwriting right
1: well, yes, but – okay, hold, hold on one second. Okay. They also then take a letter and read it part and say, write this down exactly how you were writing when you were copying. Okay. Right? Now, if you think about that process, this is pointed out later on in, like, different articles, but this is not how you obtain a handwriting sample. You don't give a person a sample of what you're trying to match and say, copy it. Exactly how you see it, mm-hmm. like write just like that, right? You you don't do that. You like take something that's organic that you've mm-hmm. found that they have written and see if there's similarities. You don't just tell them copy this. That's like right, not the right way to go about doing it. So that's really the problem with with this because they were just basically like copy this exactly the way you see it as best you can. Yeah. So he was like supposed your to
0: look like the same writing. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So okay. So they also give Paul a polygraph, which they say he fails, and he is immediately arrested for attempted murder. Okay. Paul is indicted of in March of 1983 with a trial date set for October 24th of 1983. Things happened really quick back
0: then. I know, probably right? In
1: small towns, it's a little bit easier because things aren't really happening as often, I imagine. But they're all hyped know. up on
0: pumpkin spice lattes too. Exactly. You know? They're like,
1: let's get this done. Come on, let's go. <laughs>
0: Coffee jitters. <laughs> okay. So in the trial, Mary
1: testify- testifies about finding the gun and how the handwriting on the sign matches the handwriting from the letters. A few of the letters were brought into evidence against him. But let me also mention at this point that he's not on trial for writing them, like, at all. They're not trying to, like, prove that he's the person that's writing him, but they're using them against him in court. Okay. So... They used the handwriting samples taken, and one expert testifies that the letters could have been written by Paul. Mm -hmm. And then Paul's defense hired an expert to talk about that, and then that guy also states that it could have been written by Paul. Okay. Kind of a big blow to his case when his own expert is going against him. But still, it's questionable how they got this sample anyway. So – there's no fingerprints from this taken from the sign or the gun or the box that it was in. What it about was, the letters? Well, the letters, they didn't really talk about those because he wasn't on trial for the
0: letters. Okay, okay. But so they, they could prove the person writing the letters is most likely the same person who tried to kill Mary. Right. And I will say
1: that fingerprints from the letters were not brought up until years later, like just okay. a couple of years ago. So maybe they didn't have them or they, I don't know, it wasn't being talked about. I don't know why, but nothing about fingerprints on the letters were brought up until like literally a couple of years ago Okay, that I saw. So they it was mentioned though, he worked for Anheuser-Busch and the box that it was in was a box that could have gotten from the factory he worked in, but it was also like could have easily been gotten from by anybody else as well. So it was kind uh-huh. of like loosely tied to that. He's got also a pretty decent alibi. He took off the day of work, which was a big like, whoa, the day that that happened to show up on the side of the road, you weren't working. That's suspicious. However, he had been seen at home most of the day by neighbors because he had been having work done on the house, which is why he took the day off. Okay. So he and he never but most of the day is not all day. Well, you're right. You're right. And I don't know if it was like that during the time like or like the time frame that maybe he sh- would have put it up because when mm-hmm. she found it, I can't remember, maybe it was like 8:30 in the morning. I don't remember at the time it, she found it. But so, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't still doesn't prove anything. But it's it's not it, I to me you're not proving that he's 100% done it either. Yeah. Right. No, there's no forensics. There's nothing. There's just like allegations
0: that he. Wait a minute. The gun tracing back to him is forensic. I mean, not forensic, but it's evidence. It's evidence. Yes. But
1: it's the only one thing. Right. I mean, in the case. And if he says it went missing, but clearly anybody could say that. I don't know. Anyways, this this is interesting because I still have no idea who did this and who wrote the letters. Okay. Even after I'm done. So anyway, so he has that alibi, blah, blah, blah. Um, He didn't take the stand in his defense because he was convinced that there was no jury that was going to convict him based on what they had heard throughout mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. Okay. They took two and a half hours to deliberate and they did find him guilty of attempted oh, murder. they did. He was sentenced to tw- seven to 25 years in prison. So I don't know. Do you believe that he should have been convicted? Of attempted murder, based on all that stuff that I t- mentioned.
0: Well, I think he did it. Okay, <laughs> so then yes, so then you think he should. But now, wait a minute. That's not. But what if you're, you're looking at the trial,
1: like, right. and what they're giving, that
0: a lot of it's circumstantial. It is, but it's, but, but it is, but like his wife said, he was yes. And he wrote the letters and I found them and he was obsessed with Mary and her affair. I mean, she said that. Okay. Why would she say that? Why would she frame her? Oh, no. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 Just
1: Um, wrapping up here. Nope. Just a minute. Just a minute. (laughs) Okay. So here's where things get even more interesting. After Paul went to prison, the letters didn't stop. Oh. Hundreds of letters were received after he went to prison, some accusing the sheriff of covering up Ron's death, like it wasn't an accident, sheriff, but you're saying it is, but he so you're covering it up. Another accused the coroner of being a pedophile.
0: Well, that's random. Yeah, it was okay. but not so random.
1: After seven years, Paul was up for parole, and even though he was an exemplary inmate, he was denied because it was said that the letters ramped up in the weeks preceding his parole hearing, so that's why they denied him, which is a weird reason to deny him, but anyway. A letter was even sent to Paul himself in prison, basically stating, when will you learn you won't get out? When we frame someone, we do it right. We? Was it Karen Sue? So... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to tell you. I don't know. And the warden even stated that Paul was held in isolation and was not allowed to have paper and pen. And all of his mail in and out was inspected. And so he was like, it's impossible for him to have written these letters. Right. But there are people that are out there that are saying that he had done, written all these hundreds of letters in advance and had somebody send them while he was in prison. That would have taken a freaking lot of planning.
0: Well, well, yeah, and also, if I'm assuming the letters are probably talking about things that are relevant to that time, and so he couldn't have written a letter five years ago that would be relevant to threaten someone today, right? And to last for ten years, he ends up spending ten years in prison. It's Karen, it's Karen it's
1: Karen's it's so I think. crazy. Okay, so he eventually makes parole after ten years in nineteen ninety four, and spends the rest of his life vehemently denying that he is letter writer and never attempted to murder his sister in law Mary. Okay, oddly enough, the letters also abruptly stopped in nineteen ninety four. Same year okay. he got out, so I don't. I mean, not that that makes a difference, but same year he's tried to get the case reopened and plead to the courts with evidence. There is a hundred and sixty four page word document on a website that outlines all of it. And I'm sorry, but I did not have time for that. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, he wrote this whole letter and then was like, here's my evidence. Here's my reasons why. This is what – there's the documentation to prove it. Interesting. But Paul dies in 2012 at the age of 70 without ever figuring this out and still insisting he's innocent, but everyone's still believing that it was him because he was convicted and he was like obvious and whatever. Okay. But so you have asked who would have framed Paul. So, some talk about Karen Sue. At the time that she made the accusations, they had been going through an awful divorce because Mm -hmm. she had allegedly cheated on him. She lost her house and her son because Paul had gotten complete custody of her son.
0: So, so I wonder why. I don't know why. In some way, I mean, yeah, she could be. She was
1: at that time living in a trailer on Mary's property. So, okay. Yes. People questioned why she had never gone to the police when she found the letters in the house, but she and then she mentioned it when she was questioned, and also there's no evidence of the letters because she said she threw them away.
0: So uh-huh. there's really
1: like except for her word, uh-huh. no uh-huh. true evidence that she had really found these letters. It's also speculated that Paul's son Paul suspected his son having something to do with it. Oh. But uh, Other family members that were on like Dateline and whatever heard him say that, but said he would never would have said that out loud because he would never like implicate his son in this. That's just the kind of person like they basically like paint him as a very awesome, honest person Mm -hmm. and would never have wanted to like make his son out to be a villain, even if he thought that it was possible. Like he just wouldn't have done it. And after he'd gone to prison, his son never visited him and stuck by his mom's side. So he just kind of cut off his dad. Hmm. And when he was 30, he ended up shooting himself. Oh, no. And some believe it's because he couldn't live with the guilt of everything he had done over the years. Um, but others believe it was just because he had a tough life. This all was looming over his head his whole life. His dad was a letter writer, possibly an attempted murderer. You know, like maybe that's the reason why he was struggling so much. Yeah. But anyways. Okay. So sorry. But years later, podcasters – Not us, but some other ones. (laughs) Until
0: now. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Take a dive into this. And also a former FBI investigator. She dove into this case. And when looking over the letters, her belief is that it could possibly be a woman who was writing it.
0: Karen Sue. Could be.
1: She said that over the course of several letters, some of them had like a bunch of times mentioned things like, oh, my girlfriend or if my girlfriend, so my girlfriend, my girlfriend, my girlfriend. And But she thinks that this was like some way to throw people off, like to make it think it was a man, mm-hmm. but it was really a woman. She also believes that this person was also not very well educated based on misspellings that were found in the letters and whatnot. And she mentions Paul has two college degrees and a master's. Mm-hmm. So she's like, Kind of like on the fence of whether it could be Paul or not based on okay. a couple of those things. It's also brought to light in the 90s that another bus driver had come forward stating she had driven past the same spot the sign and the gun were found in 20 minutes prior to Mary driving by okay, and finding the sign. And she saw a very large man with sandy colored hair on the side of the road next to a yellow El Camino. An the man El was Camino an El Camino oh <laughs> this man pretended to be peeing as she drove by, so she didn't get a look at his face. he turned away and was pretending okay. he was doing that. well, this doesn't match Paul's description. He's not very large and he has dark
0: hair and like okay. dark mustache, so they were like, hmm. and I'm guessing not an El Camino,
1: and no. But Karen Sue had been dating a larger man with sandy hair at the time, and her brother had an yellow El Camino. No (laughs) way. I think it's Karen and her boyfriend. Exactly. This is a push in the direction of Karen Sue setting him up. Again, all speculation, though. My biggest thing with Karen Sue is her brother Ron died in this. Like, why would she want to hurt her own brother
0: and his children? Well, well, it he could have been drunk and wrecked the car. That is still mm. questionable. So you can't really say that she wanted him to die. Well, yes. yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Or, like, even if he wasn't drunk, which, I mean, it, clearly
1: it shows he was. And he just was driving so fast he lost control, like, because he was like enraged about this Mm -hmm. or chasing someone. Yes, exactly. So, yes, fair. She didn't want, but still, like, why would her focus be like just to set Paul up? Or, 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 like, okay, she has nothing to do with the letters. She wasn't writing them, but she was setting Paul up, saying it was him, even though Mm -hmm. it wasn't her. She didn't know mm-hmm. who it was,
0: but she was like, "I'm going right. to get Paul up to get in trouble for this." She's setting she's him it. up because she's met right because they were going through a bad divorce because he was getting custody of her child because she was unhinged, right? Yeah, and she was the one who was obsessed with Mary having an affair, obviously.
1: Well, so I mean, I'm I'm more on the train of she just did this just to set him up, and that she didn't really have that she wasn't running the person writing the letters.
0: You know, okay. But she could have gone to police years earlier and said, I found these letters in our house. I think right. it's my husband.
1: Right. That's why but I'm saying I it. think she, she just waited. set him up. Yeah. Right.
0: Hmm. Like
1: just Weird. using this as a way to set him up since they linked him to the gun.
0: Uh-huh. She's like, uh-huh. oh,
1: well, I could say this and really get him in trouble. Kind right.
0: Of right.
1: I don't know. I don't know. It's all very, very interesting. Okay. So on the other side of things, now we've got a a new handwriting expert that took a look at the letters. This lady was on Dateline. Um, And the lady who did the Dateline um, show, she like lived in Columbus at the time. Okay. So she, I think this was like a personal thing and that's why she wanted to cover it. But anyway, so she took a look at handwriting samples of Paul's, ones that had been written organically. (laughs) Like they found like cards he had written, addresses he had written out, blah, blah, blah. So she found over 100 examples of why it could be Paul, one of which – they only gave a couple, but one of which was a G. So the way the G was written in the letters looks like number six. And when Paul wrote Gs, which I guess apparently is very uncommon, like there's not a lot of people that do that. I don't know why because it seems like it would be more common to me, but I'm not not a handwriting expert. So anyway. She said that Paul wrote his the same way, like when he was just mm-hmm. writing, it would always look like a six. Another was the way he wrote the number three. It almost looked like a cross between a three and a two, like it would be like a three, then like with a little loop at the bottom of the three, like oh, the yeah, at okay. the bottom of a two. Weird. And almost like he didn't know which one to write, like in the in a zip code, like, oh, I don't know if this is one, zero, three or two. So let me make it look like both <laughs> kind of thing. Okay. So, and that was the same, like, the letter writer had that kind of, like, double, double letter or number. That is interesting. So, okay. So she says on Dateline that she would go in court and testify that it was Paul Hmm. and that she's like, I don't do stuff like that unless I know I'm right because I'm ruining some, I could very well be ruining someone's life by what I'm saying. So I'm right. She's like, I'm right. She's like two snaps in okay. Z form- formation like <laughs> i am right three snaps sorry it should have been three <laughs> anyways okay fingerprints here's where the fingerprints get brought up it's discovered that paul's fingerprints were on a dozens of the letters that were sent while he was in prison but how
0: how <laughs> he had to have somebody in prison helping him that'd be the only way but he didn't have access to paper. So, like, he didn't have access to paper
1: and he was kept in isolation. Like, the warden is saying, like, it was impossible for him to do it in prison. So he would have had to write them beforehand. But why only yeah. a dozen when there's thousands written? Or not
0: a dozen, <sighs> but dozens. What is happening in C. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this who wrote is the weird. letters? <laughs> I don't
1: know. I want you to know. I don't know. I don't know. And I would love – I would love to get other people's opinions on this because I really
0: – I don't – I mean, watch watch Dateline. I am going to, actually. Uh- only I because to- I kind of want to see that Z-snap thing from the... Oh, well, no, she kidding. didn't do that. But <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just teasing. <laughs> do you remember
1: that three snaps up in a like, Z-formation? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Isn't it in living color or something? May or may not <laughs> still use it on occasion. <laughs> okay. So please let us know what you think. Write us about this. Um, yeah. But I have a couple of fun facts.
0: I think That's it's cool. Karen Sue. Okay. I really do. I do think that she set Paul up.
1: Something in me doesn't believe that he could have written them. He's also takes place in the Unsolved Mysteries episode that they aired in
0: 94. Oh, an OG had, one. Okay.
1: Yeah, literally OG one. And okay, fun fact about Unsolved Mysteries. They decided to cover this. And just before they were going to start to dive in, they received a postcard from the Circleville letter writer, basically saying, leave Circleville alone.
0: And don't come. So whoever is writing the letters knew about the document, the unsolved mysteries, because they don't release beforehand what what cases they're going to cover. Yeah, right. Karen Sue, Karen Sue would know, don't you think? Don't you think she would know that?
1: I do. She probably would, and apparently she wasn't happy about it. Like she was like literally sitting in her car outside, like watching people who were going in to do interviews. She refused to participate. Hello, hello. So anyway, so it's very interesting. Okay. I can see clearly now. Lorraine, <laughs> Lorraine is gone. Karen Sue
0: is gone. <laughs> if you listen to our Patreon, <laughs> you would know about that. <laughs> um, okay. So in
1: 1993, the coroner was charged with being a pedophile. So this letter writer knew that wow. secret. This is bananas. <laughs> Gordon Massey ends up getting a job in another county and ends up having to be asked to leave his job because he's a found to have a relationship with another teacher or another person, employee in the county. David Longberry ends up in 1999 raping an 11-year-old girl, goes Yikes. on the run. And in one article, it stated that in 2020, he was still wanted by police. Like <laughs> he's never. But another one says that he completed suicide in Texas. But I literally have no idea. Like, I've not been able to confirm. And I was searching, searching mm-hmm. for that. So I kind of believe that he went on the run and he's still on the run. And there you go. And there you have it. That's all my fun facts. That's all.
0: I'm not okay. (laughs) I'm not okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. not all right. No clue, Kristen. What do you think? (laughs) That's what I was just. I was. I wrote down to ask you if she gave her opinion. She did not. She did not. Well, darn. I know. I should have asked. Well, I didn't ask her either. (laughs) I'm gonna go watch these shows because you know I am. Yes. And. Solve this for everyone. No, okay. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally teasing. Fair. Um, but I'm. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you. If I still think it's Karen Sue after I watch everything, so right okay. now, if I had a million dollars, no, I would not bet a million dollars on Karen Sue. That's a lot mm-hmm. of money. Ten, like a yeah, like ten. <laughs> <laughs> right now, my ten dollars, my dime is on Karen Sue. Fair, fair, fair. I, I mean, I. I
1: do you, I, she's very suspicious to me and something in me doesn't think Paul did it it
0: has to be somebody connected to Paul though yeah has to be because the gun the knowledge the fingerprints right. mm-hmm. has to be mm-hmm. I know well I'll send
1: you the episode numbers and whatever of the two shows I mean they'll be linked in the show notes but I'll send those to you so you can watch them. And- thank you That'd be great. I got to go. But the Circleville (laughs) one, I don't think was that long ago, unless it was like an older one that we just happened to click on. But literally, like when it first started, it was something that I was just like, eh, this isn't going to be anything. I just totally should have paid attention.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Really interesting. What a ride. Okay. Well, we are going to go to Circleville to the uh, Pumpkin Festival one day and get a latte and maybe we'll meet Mary. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Karen with Mary. Sue. Don't, don't come for me, Karen. Sue, don't come for me. Don't start writing <laughs> me letters. Oh my gosh. These people, I guess, could be dead. They'd be pretty old. 70s, yeah. Well, so. you said he died in 2012 and he was 70. So. Right. And, I, and nothing
1: was written about it. I tried to find out if Mary was still alive, but I couldn't find anything. Mary Gillespie is apparently a very common
0: name. Yeah, <laughs> Karen Sue. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, thanks for delving into that. Thanks, Kristen, for that suggestion. This was Really interesting. It's nice when we don't have a murder sometimes because mm-hmm. we just don't, it's not so heavy. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. although someone died, and that's terrible. And I, you know what I was going to say too? Poor Mary's kids. Yeah. By the way because they got all these bad things said about them. They were threatened. This all this happened to their family and like they're just trying to live their best pumpkin life in Circleville. It's sad mm-hmm. and yeah. and you know Paul's son and everything. The children, the children.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sad. very sad. Very sad. Yeah. I hope they're okay. I do too. I do too. I haven't seen anything about them. So,
0: yeah. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. I don't know. I did not hate this case. I did not. I I didn't either. Really invested there for a minute. I (laughs) probably probably made some really funny faces. I know. At one point I was like, oh, there it is. (laughs) Light bulbs turning on all over the place. (laughs) Thank you very much. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Um, So if you like what you hear – We have more. We have a Patreon. We are going to be doing a special thing at the end of the month on the 29th of March over on YouTube. We are going live to record an episode with you guys. So that'd be cool if you want to join us for that. Uh, Find us on social media. We'll give you some details. I'm sure Christy will post pictures of these letters Mm -hmm. or whatever. And... I'm going to have to let you guys know in like an intro or something. <laughs> My $10 is, is on. Like, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so thanks again. And we love you. And always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.